This is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready. We're about to live in your head rent-free. Welcome to episode 207, and... I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. I'm Marcus. And I'm Cajun. Today, Code of Honor, we're going to do a Josh Billings quote here. And who, may you ask, is Josh Billings? Well, he was around the time of Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain. In fact, you can find a photograph out there of him and them together with a third person. And he was a humorist, too, of his time. Though, you know, I've never been introduced to him before, never heard about him in school, grade school or anything, like you do Twain. But then he didn't have the successful novels that Twain did. So today's quote, which I think is very appropriate then and now in a lot of different factors. Half the troubles of this life can be traced to saying yes too quickly and not saying no soon enough. And I think today, no was not said hardly at all a lot of times. Well, that's very true. No is, nobody likes no to begin with. And the, the environment today is extremely permissive. Yeah. Oh, permissive. I like that word. I think that's in many respects what you're talking about here. It's half of what he's talking about. Yeah, here. I mean, that's certainly part of it. It feeds the, the environment so that uh, you, you feel like you don't have to say no to anything. Everything is okay as long as you, somebody wants it that way. Oh, it well, makes me happy. Right. It if it happy. feels good, do it. That's Yeah, that's it right there. That's what I'm hitting. What I do in the privacy of my own home is nobody's business but mine. Well, it's no longer kept in the privacy of your own home. It's whatever I want to do, period. Ah. Social media. Everybody puts everything out there to see. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, let's broadcast it. Everybody else needs to know what I'm doing. Well, now, this this quote makes me wonder how many times this guy was divorced. (laughs) Well, back then, probably not too many. I mean, you could just wait for her to die, really. Right. Uh, it almost certainly happened. So, so, but it's it, it's a very prescient quote. Oh, there you go. So push the button. Come on. I think that's, that's a word boner. Right. Word yeah, boner. Yeah, that one definitely deserves that. Um, it, but it is. It's, it's a prescient quote because it, it really signals. It, well, it's both prescient as well as observant because it signals what is coming, but also it's a great commentary what has already gone before, even at that time. Uh, the, mo- the more successful your, your culture, your nation is, the more decadent it becomes. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that, uh, the more advanced. Uh, you know, if, in other words, everything is, it's, it goes back to the laws of entropy. You know, you're constant, everything is constantly in decay. You know, uh, it, it requires energy to prevent that. And once you run out of energy... Well, I don't even think it's that because there's a lot of energy in the culture today. But okay. is it good yeah. energy? Is it applied in a good way? Is it being spun off into nonsense or yeah well you're gonna you're gonna fly your right it's 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 internal it's narcissistic yeah yeah well it's you know you can direct your energy to doing something productive or you can direct your energy into tiktok and to answer the empire's question over there he was only married once yes uh his spouse was this is a good first name zipha with a z i p h a shaw interesting I don't so see that one coming back, but it might. You know, it's, it's interesting. He's married from 1845 to 1885, which is a pretty long that's marriage. A, that's that's a good, that's that a is. Good run. And apparently successful, too. So, yeah. so maybe Well, back then, just you know, living through childbirth was a successful marriage. Very, very this is so, true. Yeah. You know, uh, you guys have kind of talked about this quote so far on a macro level. 
But I'm thinking it, it's really more of a micro thing. Yeah. It's really much of a, you know, a personal, you know, do we then and now, do we consider our actions well enough? Do we really, are we deliberative in our decision making? No. And, okay. and, no. and generally, of course, the outside forces don't want us to be, you know, the, the, advertisers and go with the flow, do what feels good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, advertisers want to, you know, put something sparkly and shiny in front of you and make you snap like a fish. So we, we, we don't deliberate on our decisions very much. No, like, it, I think this has both a personal and a collective yeah. aspect mm-hmm. and you can't disassociate one from the other. Are you suggesting that we are a nation of knee jerk reaction folks? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, you're right. Marketing is based on that, that ability to uh, uh, see the shiny light and uh, and push push the buy now, buy now with one click. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about this in, uh, in a prior episode just last month uh, about, uh, you know, the difference between responding versus reacting mm-hmm. yeah. and acting on emotion as opposed to logic. Uh, reason. That, reason. Is that what this is? Is this all about emotion? Maybe not all of it, but I think emotion yeah. drives a good deal or, of it. Or, or, or preeminently. Uh, I think emotion. it drives a good deal of it. Well, because emotion is more powerful than thought, as as it's been told. I mean, as yes, a writer... It is. It's more visceral. Yeah, that, well, that's correct. That's it, probably it, a better way to put it. It's effective at sticking around, because it, it, it it's like uh, writing. when you, you have to make an emotional connection in order for somebody to keep reading. Right, that's that's an essential thing. They don't care. I mean, I suppose in non, certain nonfictions, maybe, but but you've already got them with the subject matter there. Well, no, because even in even in that, you have to have some kind of emotional. You've got to connect to the reader. That's right. Yeah, um, it's you either have to connect to the reader, or you have to create uh, a, a setting or uh, characters that even if they despise them, they can't wait to see what happens next to this son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, I mean, positive or negative, it doesn't really matter. It's all about emotions. Both are powerful. If more writers would study uh, propaganda throughout the years and its effectiveness and the theories behind it, we would have a lot more successful writers. Uh, Well, yeah, well, commercial writers, (laughs) right, because because that's that's how you would write commercial fiction. So many writers, many of us do like to write commercial fiction. We want something that sells. Right to market. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. Right, yeah, right to market. Which, yeah. which, but it, well, unfortunately, it is often fluid. If you're chasing the next big thing, you'll never find it because it changes too often. Right. It's very difficult to catch that lightning in a bottle. Right. It happens occasionally, but uh, and then there are some that write, you know, with in a more literary bent that they don't really give a rat's ass about whether it sells or not. They want to create mm-hmm. this masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, and in you know, it's it's out there. There's a lot of folks out there. Literary fiction, that's usually the ones that catch the... If you get a good one that sells, it will sell gazillions. Well, oh, there's more manuscripts sitting in drawers chasing that master fiction. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, well, ding. There and, is being produced out there. Well, then there's, you know, as much as I love our friend in Michigan, he he, he mentioned to me once, and I think this is where he's just... He, he doesn't understand the process. He's waiting for that perfect idea. Just It'll to, never come. To right. write a book. Mercedes yes. Lackey is very clear. I watch her follow her on Quora. And she says... She's no longer on Quora. She still drops in occasionally. Oh, does she? Because yeah, I does. saw she was very adamant about leaving. Yeah, she, she's not... She's responding, but she's not really posting ah. a lot of stuff. But I still ah. get her stuff. And 
it's she's all about ideas are worthless. Because that's the one where she and she calls them Tinkerbell usually when they start talking about. I've got this great idea. Why don't you write it for me? We'll split the profits. They, it happens all the time. And she says, you, "You, I mean, what an ignorant sob you are." Right. Well, you, you know, know the thing about it. The podcast I mentioned last night, uh, how to write a uh, writing a great novel or whatever the yeah. podcast was called. Uh, he the. The uh, writer in that he talks about that a lot. People come to us. Oh, I've got this great idea for a book. Well, sit down and write it. Oh. And right, and he says that should be the writer's response. That's right. Sit down and because write it. all your idea is uh, something like uh, you know machines take over, or do something. What you know, some it's like well, all right, well that's a concept, but wh- where's the conflict? Where's the story? That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which shows that you really have no freaking clue about what you're talking about. Here. Well, in many ways, to circle back to Cajun's quote, yeah. Uh, that's very much that not saying no because just because you, as Americans, we don't like to think this, but you know, just because you have a thought in your head doesn't mean it should come out of your head. Oh yes, I'm mm-hmm. glad you mentioned that because you know we have no filters in many respects. That's a lack of emotional intelligence, folks. Pure and simple. Opening the doorway for the thought police. Yeah, well, <laughs> not necessarily that, but you know, we're we're usually speaking on the matters of of being kind. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was it? And, and uh, I think it was uh, Twain himself that says, you know, it's better to keep your mouth shut uh, when somebody thinks you're an idiot than opening it and then and proving, proving them right. right. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, you know, everyone has the right to their thoughts, their opinions, their ideas. Absolutely. No matter how wrongheaded we may think mm-hmm. they may be. But what you don't have a right is to inflict your insanity on everybody else. Well, yeah, I mean, you have the, you may have the right to speak, but that doesn't guarantee that you need to be heard. Right. Well, yeah, just good. like Billings had a similar one to what you just said about Twain. The best time for you to hold your tongue is the time you feel you must say something or bust. Yes, yes, I saw that. Oh, I love these, that. These two yeah. guys were very, very similar. Like I wonder I if they ever the went on tour together. Well, uh, there is a photograph, Twain and... Um, who was a third one? I don't forgot now. Oh, Petroleum v. Nasby. And that's another name I've never heard. Petroleum, yeah. Petroleum yeah. is his first name. Oh, wow. Okay. That's different. It is, you know, because Twain's like the first guy to do like a tour. Right, yeah, as, as a humorist. Yeah, 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 and yeah like he was the first, you know, the first comedian, comedian to get, yeah. yeah, first stand up comedian, the first guy to go on tour. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he had an opening act. And well, this guy. He's the first guy in the U.S. because when you think about it, in the U.S., that sort of thing really wasn't possible until the railroads. You're right. right because right. Now, there were people like Voltaire who did tour in sure. Europe. Very much so. That's now, I wasn't doing stand-up comedy. Right. But he was taking his act on the road, basically. And he kind of didn't have a choice because after a point, didn't he get like run out of France for a bit? Yeah, he, he did. Well, yeah. yes. He had to go to Germany. Lots of people he, got he was, ran out well, of France he was for a bit. Supposedly yeah. in Russia. I don't know for Including how long. He, yeah, he he was yeah. because he was a celebrity. You know, ever because he's kind of like Twain in that you know he's one of those guys that's always got a quip and always is just absolutely just this rapier like wit. I mean, I still think one of his best quotes is when he's on. He's literally he's a fallen away Catholic and he's on his deathbed. And uh, the priest comes to him and says, wants to give him last rites. He says, "Would you renounce Satan?" He says, "Father, please. Now is not the time for making enemies." So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's just an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing guy. Which we've done. Yeah, we've done him. But well, yeah, Billings toured too. I mean, same time as Twain. So they apparently crossed paths several times over. But uh, Billings' father was a representative in the United States House of Representatives. His grandfather was served in Congress. Okay. So he had a very political background. He got kicked out of Hamilton College 
for stealing the clapper out of the bell there. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like somebody we'd like to meet. Yes, <laughs> right. that's right. Yeah, he did several he would, things. He, he was would a fit. farmer, a coal miner, an explorer, an auctioneer before he became a journalist up in Poughkeepsie, New York. Interesting. And yeah. then went on. Doesn't sound that dissimilar from Twain because Twain had quite a exactly. quite a, a you know he wanted to be a riverboat captain for so long and then call it realized okay this is it now what and then he ends up in journalism and next thing you know he's a celebrity so they set, they follow a very very similar yeah. path uh, I wonder how much Twain's shadow overshadowed Billings just a lot I'd say because of there was only novels room. of uh, mm-hmm. yeah he uh, wasn't a writer well and and Clemens in his Twain persona. Was larger than life, yeah. much so. And it did. Billings was a writer. I mean, he did uh, Farmer's Almanacs with an AX on the end, and a few other books and so forth. Uh, also later on, but never quite had the notoriety. Well, and, and, and you and you raise a good point because at that time, the way to international stardom, the only way to do that, it would never be through journalism. It would be through being a novelist because that can sell throughout the world. You've got your own brand and your own product, sure. Which they would, and, it's not well, words they would use. And, but and Twain's novels, I mean, they they really were landmarks of American literature. Oh yes. Well, yes, yeah, and yeah. more more so than just, he wasn't just a writer. He was it, those Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer really were Connecticut Yankee. Yeah, I mean, I mean all that stuff, just like them, yeah. you go know, Cooper, Melville, mm-hmm. guys like that. But Twain is right there with them. Well, he well, captured shadows all of them. I mean, none of those guys. Uh, were as near of a celebrity in their own lifetime or even well, later. Well, no, but the thing but about the Twain... The quality of the literature, though, is... It, it's, I mean. it's a quality of the literature, but, you know, Twain, um, he may not have been the first, but he's he's the, the first well-known author. Yeah, because yeah, he, he was known... To capture international. what it meant to be an American. Correct. He captures in Huck Finn and, uh, and uh, Tom Sawyer uh, the American experience yeah. of the day. Which better than anybody else. Well, Cooper, Cooper did that too, but it was in his day, and it was a very different. World well, it was his time. day. It was, pri- you know, it it was such a. I mean, you're thinking of Last of the Mohicans, four right, years earlier. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it was a different world then. A different America. world. The the country wasn't even a country yet, and he wrote about much of what was totally unsettled wilderness. Yeah, Twain wrote about the culture of his day. Yeah, the modern American civilization. Yeah. And I'm glad you put it that way because you know what struck me while we were talking about this, and you know this is hardly where code of honor usually goes, but since we're only doing one quote, we're kind of freewheeling the whole. Yeah, thing. Yeah, we're learning our, our way. We're, yeah. we're learning our way around this one. Um, it struck me that this period, uh, post civil, post Reconstruction, probably be the better way to put yeah. it. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. yes. Uh, up through the end of um, the, the century, before we really get into the 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 really worst of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. Uh, it is something akin to the post World War II baby boom. Well, when not the baby boomer, but you know when the when the baby boom was going on, that um, affluence that the country experienced. It was obviously not the same kind of thing, right? But it's it you know things were people were going west, expanding. You know, and while there's a whole lot of dirty, nasty stuff going on. It was a time of great prosperity. Well, Twain himself called it the Gilded Age. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, yes. That's, I mean that's an exact. Well, and that that probably refers more to that that robber baron era. But I mean, it's Somewhat, even beyond that. Yeah, because the prosperity was unprecedented. At right. This time, and not all of it was based on technology. Some. No, of no, no. It was. Well, technology always enhances right. prosperity. It doesn't. It's it, it. Any prosperity that is built on technology is going to be very short lived. 
Yeah, because, and uh, the railroads were one of those examples. Uh, yes, the Titanic was time, one of them. The steamboats, the paddle wheelers, was that an even correct. bigger part of this mm-hmm. time period with Twain. And Very much so in, in its early days, especially by the time, of course, Twain. You know, Twain dies. You know, after you know, in nineteen oh nine, I think it was. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and it's which is a t- completely different world at that time because yes. you have you have uh, you know that's the, the era you have electricity, of electricity, uh, early early phones, well, I mean, the Titanic was seen as the ultimate. Technological yeah, achievement of man's hubris, which was right around that time. You know, we can conquer anything, which of course God decides. Oh, really? How about I send you this iceberg and see how you do? So, uh, well, in many ways, you could make the argument that is a great case of this this quote. That is exactly it. You know, you know how, how a man's reach should not exceed his grasp. No, I, I do not believe that. Yeah, I mean that's the your quote. reach should always ex- you should always reach for what's beyond your grasp. Always right. right. However, you should be prepared for not actually being able to grasp because that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot stretch, you cannot grow as an individual or as a society if you do not reach for what's beyond your grasp. Is this a question of something that's unattainable? No, not necessarily, because by becoming uh, a better person, a better society, you can attain that, but then you reach for what's next. Constantly reaching, uh, it's kind of like calculus. Yes, you know, to reach, you, to strive, to grow, to achieve. Yes, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield, as Tennyson would say. It's kind of like the old the calculus uh, model. If you if you go from here to the wall halfway each time, you'll never reach the wall. Very true. And that's kind of like, and and the reason I say it this way is because what we're talking about here, if taken slightly two points to one side, becomes we must become God which is an impossible task. And that's one of, one of the things that I worry about is... But it's never that explicit, you know? And I think that's part of the problem, because when you don't say no, either you're not told that's, no... That's where I'm going. Or you here. don't say no to yourself to rein in your, your uh, well. base desires, you, what you're doing is you're saying, I don't need God, which you don't realize says, I am God. That's right, it's the same thing. And, it's but the, it's a very subtle thing, because some will say... The, the nut jobs. Yeah. They will go so far as to explicitly say, I am God or I am above God. Well, yeah. And you're talking about Nero, Bonaparte, Steve Jobs. Okay. Perhaps, yes. yes. Uh, Jim Jones. Jim Jones, yeah. Uh, his was more direct, but, you know, uh, certain individuals that think uh, that they. Uh, Jurassic Park, Frankenstein, those are all those same stories that yes. lay us out that, you know, we who try, you know, there is a certain point we, that you reach beyond. That you shouldn't you shouldn't go, and that's kind of the I mean that's the Frankenstein story. But it's right. essentially what we're talking about here is sometimes you have to know when to say no, as Billings would say here, because you you've gone too far. Uh, and some of it's well, an ethics question. Yes, Imperator was was yeah, about to say have, something. Uh, we have had a severe lack, especially in the United States, of the ability to say no to our children. Oh, oh well, that's. Uh, I was wondering when that was going to come out. This is going to bring it, it back around to what uh, to what Martin was talking about that individual mm-hmm. level. And and what's what's ended up happening is we have become a spoiled society. Sure, it's we are a victim of our own affluence. Exactly, we, we really to, are. We tend to blame. Uh, the other generations as being we name them as spoiled without well, about exactly well yes everybody but Gen X is but well, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> look, look, look at 
look at the way our society reacts to something like being without power for a week or two. Well, yeah, absolutely. All shit hits the fan. Well, that's well, correct. Yeah. Well, we have structured things in such a way that if you have no power for a week or two, it, I mean individually. If we're talking <coughs> nationwide, it's total chaos. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's you Even know, in a it's the road warrior after the after a week. Yeah, that's right. Dogs and cats living together. Yeah, they're mass hysteria. hysteria. Yeah. But I mean, when you think about it, um, in the city, less so out here. By the way, we are in uh, Studio C. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we uh, are. Yeah. This is our first range. time. This is true. In the Holy Land. In the Holy Land, yes. Wonderful. Uh, Wonderful. And and I must say that uh, uh, Resort Cajun rocks. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. Very yeah, much so. Uh, yeah, yes. 100% uh, indoors. Yes. Uh, five stars on Yelp. Um, he rivals Martha Stewart in his decorating and hosting abilities. Does that make you my Snoop Dogg? I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say so. I'll, yes. I'll vote for yes. that. We'll, we'll yeah. go with yes. that one. I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Okay. I, I think we can all agree on that. Um, or at least little John. <laughs> but so, but ah! when you think about that, the whole thing about being without electricity for a week oh, out yeah. here, it would be less of a thing. Well, we are. Complete. I mean, it still would be a thing because you know we still need our refrigerators to keep our, our and freezers to keep our food. Preparation. Free. That's a Got generator it. out on the back. Uh-huh. Right. You'll go on a moment's notice. Exactly. But I'll go on too. when you're in the city, the expectation is the power is always going to be on. It is. And yeah, for it is. the most part, that is true. That's Not right. always, yeah. but uh-huh. it is mostly but true. There is no self-sufficiency in, in urban areas, whereas rural areas are taught that. Yeah. Right, so that's what we were going to have well, your power back on in 10, 12 hours, probably max if it right. goes yeah. out. Let's out here, we that. may be days. Right, see, right. Rural areas used to be like that. And that's, you're exactly right. But I was going to say, when I grew up, that's the... how my grandparents, you know, they had everything they yeah. ever needed. They needed nothing except maybe sugar and flour. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else uh, f- uh, they could do without. Well, in the flour, you know, uh, depending on what you grew, you could make your own. Yeah, it's oh, a bit yeah. of a pain, though. That's always a uh, Yes, yeah. I agree. Now, Quite the process. People are fleeing the cities for the rural areas, and they're vastly unprepared. And they are messing them up royally. Well, it's like all those people moving from... yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to buy this place right next to the hog farmer. I want to complain about the smell. Naturally. You're the one that moved there, dumbass. Well, and I wanted, and I know, I know uh, Robert here has been uh, learning to watch Yellowstone. Yes. recently. That is one of the meta themes of that amazing series, is because it's in Montana, and it's about how all, <coughs> pardon me, all that, all these people from California, from yes, Seattle. Yes, that was the very first episode first they talk episodes, about that. Talk about yes. they're, they're, it's a flight in there because they've got oodles and oodles of money. Yeah. And they, they come out and they want to basically urbanize this and, uh, resort, this place. Right. And, and what is it they call them? Uh, th- those people come and forget. I, I don't uh, remember either. I was Because uh, like in the very first episode, the guy's very, out with the kid. It's very mean. And it's, and, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, it's not the others, but it's you know it's like basically outsiders or something. Invaders, like that. you know, uh, you well, know down, outlanders is down here in, Scottish. In uh, the heart of Bourbon Cup country, I believe they're they're usually called foreigners. Foreigners, foreigners. Well, that's foreigners. correct. It's, the, yeah, it's not unique to just out west. Yeah. Out here in in Great Nelson County, Kentucky, the home of bourbon. Uh, you're right. Uh, and when people come into if. It, Outsiders. Outsiders. Now, I'll give you an example here locally uh, because most of the folks that grew up here, uh, my family in particular, has been here for 200 years, and a whole lot of us have been that way. Mm -hmm. We welcome people that move in. Like, uh, 
uh, Cajun's parents moved here from Louisville, but they bought property, moved in, and stayed here for 50 years. They were just as much part of the community. And, and now they, they're finally locals. Yeah, they, well, <laughs> they, they, were, they were welcomed in. Uh, we had, when well, I but went, I mean, that's true, though, in a lot of places. Those who move in, it takes a long time for that family to be considered oh, yeah. a local. Well, out here it was a little different. If you, if you moved in and bought property here and pay, became part of the community, became part of the church, it didn't take very long. Became productive and not irritating. That's correct. Otherwise. I think that's the big yes. key. Well, Understanding what you're getting into and living in that, living the li- adapting to the life. There was a time here at this local parish where uh, the the pastor at that time was bringing in families from Louisville because ah uh, yes, I know who you're talking, you know talking about. about. Yes, uh, of a particular bent, and the people here were incensed. Because these people, it was basically like seagulls. You fly in, squawk a lot, shit all over thing, and fly back out again. They had no interest in becoming part of uh, this community. Right. And that was war. Well, that was, and that was a declaration yeah. of war. That's used invasion. To refer to those as carpetbaggers. That's correct. That's well, very much the, so. It's the same type of thing. Well, it's a different thing well, because carpetbaggers came in and they wanted power and they stayed. Well, these you're talking about. The problem is they didn't become part of the community because they came in for the weekend. They, they did. came in for the Sunday liturgy. But they uh, also wanted power within that system. They so did. some similarity. But I mean, you know, at least when and the carpet baggers at least and, when and, the carpet came, they moved in. Yeah, these those, those was did even, not. even worse because they ended up taking positions of power within that structure and didn't even live here, displacing those who had held those positions, right. volunteer, mind you, for decades. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's actually a good thing, displacing those who have been in positions for decades, because that's a very calcified community. But it should be, but by, it should be organic by other people from the. And community. it should be by yes, well, that's, not yeah, outsiders. exactly. It's a, it, it's you, it you is can't run a Nelson County parish the way you're going to run a, a, an in town Louisville parish. Well, you shouldn't even run an in town parish like that. Yeah, well, but I yeah, mean, because there's you, know, you just can't. It's it's just not well, the same thing. in the community, like in rural communities, um, especially this area. Uh, the church is the heart of the community. That's now, right. maybe less so today than it once was. I grant you, that's true everywhere. Well, and, and, and even in this small town of New Haven, there are other denominations. Sure, it's majority Catholic, of course. But right, you know, and you know, we Catholics, we will suffer their existence. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, when you all drove in, there's a large Baptist church. Sure, and sure. It has been since I, I mean, was it's a Kentucky. Kid. There's going to be Baptists everywhere. Sure, that's correct. And there was a Methodist church once upon a there's time. No dancing, but Baptists. Right. Yeah, and it's 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 a it's a it's an inclusive community if you are part of this community or close by. It's when you want to bring come from Louisville in particular, right? And that is and that's innovation. that's it go, again. It goes back to Cajun's quote. That's right. Um, you know, when you you talked about uh, the people moving next to the hog farm and complain about the smell, mm-hmm. you know, and and in Yellowstone, the people who move in and want to make it just like you just left California because you hated it. Why do you want to turn it into California? You're bringing all the things you hated, you know, that, you know, you think you liked about it, but all that does is recreate what you left. Or people who move from Maryland to Virginia. Yeah, Maryland to Virginia. I mean, California, you know, California to, to Texas. Texas. Yeah. Uh, it, it, any of it, you know, you're... Shout to the Babylon Bee for their very funny thing. Oh, my God, that is about, such a funny series. Sending a series about people moving from California to Texas. It is hilarious. But it's, it's, it's that whole thing about, you know, you want what, you, what makes you comfortable, what makes you happy. And there's no sense of, should I do this? Never mind even, should I do this because of what it's going to do to the people around me? 
you know, there's two levels to that. As we talked about, there's two levels. Oh, yeah. and that's, is it good for me, and is it good for the people well, around? And that me? goes yeah. back to this narcissism we've been talking exactly. about here. Yeah, like that's kind of like the snowbirds coming north yes. and south every right. year. I mean, I lived down in Georgia for a while, and we see a lot of them. I was in southern Georgia, right near the tip of Florida. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they come down, they integrate into society. I mean, you always had your ten or twenty percent of them that you were thinking, "I wish they'd never show up and go back home." Right. But for the most part, they come down. They'd have a place around there, spend the winter where it's warmer and nicer, and be an integral part. Well, yeah, and that, trying to change that, that's things. in the state but of you Florida, know what? in many respects, industrialized that. There's probably 10 or 20% of any community you wish would go away. <laughs> uh, that's probably on the low number for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you might be included in that 10 or 20% for everybody else, too. That so. is true. Um, so, so, you know, it's about time wise. You know, where are we at? Let's see. We were at 28 minutes. Yeah, we're hitting right right along there. Oh, yeah. Bourbon break. That's right. All right. Uh, Actually, I was going to ask, uh, uh, actually, water this down just a bit. Uh, I was thinking about topping it off a little, but that's okay. I think we'll be fine. (laughs) What are we drinking today, gentlemen? So, Francis, what did I pour again? Booker's? Yes, you did. Oh, yes. I'm anxious to hear your take on it because right, we had is it. This your, is this your first Booker's I think experience? This is my first Booker's. Now, yeah. this your, is the your special. Your glass of big boy bourbon? It does look like his mustache is starting to twirl up a little bit extra yeah. on the ends. So I, I like this. This is, uh, I don't know if I'm getting this right, but it may be a little butter toffee flavor. I yeah, I think that's probably a little, fair. A little, maybe mm-hmm. just a tiny bit caramel, but that kind of real buttery. Creamy? Yeah. But a scotchy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a, it was tremendous flavor. Uh, Very high proof. This is what, uh, like 123 in that too. Yeah, 123. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, you want that uh, with having bloomed. Yes, absolutely. And you got the large sphere of ice, ice to go but with it. But it was good from the very first, though. Yes, oh, unlike yeah. some bourbons that require a bloom to be uh, really good, that's good without. Yeah, yeah it was very, uh, very flavorful. Uh, right from the very start, you really get really, yeah, that the kind of like butter toffee caramel right mm-hmm. from the start. This it's super good. Yeah, super yeah. super good. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I, when when we had it when we were out here for uh, right after Cajun's mom's funeral, mm-hmm. that's when we first had it, uh, yeah. Francis and I, and it was stunning. That's right. It, in it, its, its goodness. This is and this is not just regular Booker's. This is a little bit more than that. Am I right? It's a special I, edition, I think. Well, I. Booker's in itself is a special. It is. It's yeah. one of the right. And that, that pulled single bell bottling and so forth. So, uh, but the proof on them varies depending on where it came out of the warehouse yeah. and so forth. It varies yes, from what true. I learned when I went on the Jim Beam tour, which is where Booker's is from. And yeah. you actually get Booker's on their tasting flight there. Uh, God it bless It on average anywhere from 117 to 124, if memory serves right. That's what, that's what it has to be in, range of that. Right. Well, it's 113 to 120. Somewhere, somewhere along in there, I, I forget exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, we learned that at the, the Frasier event, uh, which yeah. we should talk about, yeah. too. Uh, uh, the guy that, uh, the big persona guy, I forget his From name. Yellowstone. Uh, yeah. uh, he was talking about how, you know, the, the, that cask strength stuff is a bunch of crap. You know, it, just having that does not make it the best. Uh, you have to taste it, the various mm-hmm. uh, proofs and ages and what have you to get the best. And it's not always the, high, the, the, cask, the straight cask strength. Uh, that was a very educating experience. It was. It yeah, you, was. Yeah, you two well, guys got to go on that. Uh, the rest of us didn't. So, yeah. uh, well, well, you could have. Booker's well, was always my preferred bourbon, yeah. but I always drank it neat. 
Well, yeah, uh, and it's it's potent. I mean, you've got that I, high proof. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I well, at one time he had the bulk there. to really absorb it, so yeah, yeah. there's uh, less yeah. of him than there used to be. This is true. Uh, there's well, a lot I remember less. back when there wasn't much of him either. Well, that's oh, true. Yes. Yes. We all do. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. That's right. Well, there was a time when there wasn't as much of us as there is now. Uh, I've always was the heavier one out of the group. Yeah, well, yeah, that's absolutely. true. And I mean, early on, back in college days, I was heavier. You're stocky. That yeah. was a whole other medical issue, too, that I didn't find out about until my 30s, adding to oh. that. Which has hypogonadism. Oh, okay. Yes, yes I've heard of it. That's why I never could drop the weight early on. Yeah. yeah. There mm-hmm. was actually a medical reason for it. <laughs> oh, well, back to bourbon. Okay. So, so yeah. Francis, what did you pour, man? Uh, I, I, it was the, the flatboat. Ah, okay, oh, okay, yes. Which I have not done that one yet. Uh, I've seen it many that, times and thought about it. You tried it once out I thought here. you poured Long Branch. Yes. Okay. No, I opened the flat boat up. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I do remember that. I do not remember much about it because that was a while ago. And yes, it may it have been your second or third pour. Uh, possibly. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, 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 again, it is mild. It really is mild. I do not. I didn't. I wish I'd have checked the proof on it. Uh, it wasn't high though. I'm. I've been avoiding those there's, high. There's proofs. a couple of different flat boats. The flat yeah. boat 125 will. That'll take the paint I off the wall. That one's a hundred. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Okay. I want to say that's what that was, which is right about the sweet spot. The lower the proof is, no usually, pun intended. Yeah, it's kind of better for me. But you know, there is a sweetness to it. That's right. Now mm-hmm. I've got the big spherical ice, and it's been it's been you know blooming. The beauty of that ice, it doesn't melt quick because it's all one mass. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I had chips of ice like from a bag, oh yeah, that'd be gone it'd be in, all in, gone, in and then ten it's, minutes. It's completely diluted, which is part of the process. But I like it cold. I probably overdo the ice. Therefore, I've got more of a diluted. So that's why I always any particular flavor notes you're picking up in that uh, butter. Butter, uh, interesting. Well, it, it, I would not have been able to articulate that until Martin said so. But uh, that's I've never thought of that flavor. But I took a drink when you said yeah. that. I say, okay, I can see that. Yeah, here. it's like like a I toffee or a caramel. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. and it's a, that it, that's, that's that sm- when I when I say smooth, that's kind of what we're alluding to here. It's a, it's almost a sweetness, but it's but because it's not a it's not a bitterness. It's kind of like wine, you know. You've got your sweet wines and you got your dry wines. This is kind of more on that sweet side, mm-hmm. but I kind of like that to cr- it. creaminess. That's a very good word too. Yes, yeah. it's got that that. It's feel. interesting. Similar descriptions of the two. I almost think we should each try them just to see. Because you, you guys used almost nearly the same language to describe the two bourbons. Yeah, and yet they're and yet completely different. And exactly. I actually bought that flat boat just because I like the looks of the bottle. With the yes, bottle. it is a great oh, bottle. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it is. It's a looking bottle. It, it, but if I were to put it next to Booker's, Booker's would probably be more potent. That's mm-hmm. how I would come up with it. Well, yeah, you're uh, 20 points up on the proof. Well, it's, right. it's going to be a little sharper is yeah, probably a good way to put it. That's a good it. way yes. of putting it. Yes. And I, I think it's this is nice and mild. probably more complex. I mean... Oh, well, Booker's there's a reason is Booker's a, is what it is. I is mean, a, Booker's is named after the master distiller, Booker No, Booker No, uh, mm-hmm. who, who has passed on, but he was a legend, legend oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, out this way. And yes. his son, Fred, uh, who I've met many times, actually, about many years ago, mm-hmm. he is now his father's heir and master distiller at, at the Bean at, at Land Bean, on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that, in, I don't want to say enforces, but makes certain that the quality is for each brand, in particular the Booker's, because that was his father's. Is what it is, and it's yeah. kind of like their—I don't want to say their flagship, but it's more like the top tier. It's pretty close well, to flagship. For, for, for Book, I mean, yeah. Booker's, Bakers. Booker's is one of those that, uh, for those who aren't bourbon connoisseurs, the heathens—that that, yeah, uh, the warmth uh, in the throat and the the chest and the you know right and, and down towards the stomach, 
is uh, very distinctive with the it Booker's is. as it opposed is. to some of the others. Even other high proofs like exactly. the uh, like yeah. the old Forrester Prohibition style, well, which we all really like. Yes, that's and harsher. Those high proofs yeah. they do they tend to be harder to to take. Mm-hmm. But you're right, uh, the Booker's is uh, very smooth for that it higher is. proof, and it's um, it's definitely got that warmth. Yes, yes. Uh, that Kentucky hug. Yeah. Yes. And what did you pour? So uh, Robert poured uh, some of the Yellowstone. Ah, okay. Why is Robert talking of himself in the third person like Bob Dole? Well. The importance of it all. He said Yellowstone. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, um, absolutely. I mean, Yellowstone is, is one of my favorite brands. And now, which so, one did you get? So I, I forgot to look at the proof on this. Uh, I thought it was the same. I thought it was the bottle that we had gotten at the Fraser, but uh, Cajun said it wasn't. The label is very similar. Is it yes, a, it is the same label, line. The black label or the white label? The red. Oh, the Yellowstone? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of red. And, the red and black. Black and red. Black and red. red. Yellowstone okay, yeah, is yeah. in red on yeah. that one. Got it. Okay. Yeah, the background. Black background. Yeah. That's the one that's on the counter there. Yes. yes. Okay. And uh, that's it's the Yellowstone Reserve or something they call uh, it. Select Barrel. It's yeah. one of those selects, select barrel, but it's. Yeah, yeah uh, selects. Yeah, that's it. And it is. Um, uh, it, it like a lot of this, you know. There's a, uh, there's definitely a, a, a. It feels like it's a higher proof. I don't know what it was, but it's got a, a, a definite intensity to it that I yeah, like. Because mm-hmm. they do vary by proof, just like the bookers do. Yes, mm-hmm. on the bottle. Uh, there's, you know, this. There's a bit of that sweetness and that caramel that uh, you often get in 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 uh, bourbons, uh, but there's also you get some of that smoky flavor. Um, that that really is a is a good complement to all of it, and t- it really kind of ties it together. Sometimes you get these these tastes and these hints that that you get that are uh, that you get a hint here and a hint there, you know, and then at the back end you get this hint, and they're kind of disparate tastes. But this really just kind of ties it all together, which makes it a very um, uh, smooth bourbon in 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 uh, its effect on you as well as its flavor. Mm-hmm. And you know it has a very nice warmth uh, all what, over. I mean, dollar for dollar, Yellowstone is hard, hard to beat. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's one of the very best. It's a. It's the low to mid. Low to yeah. mid. Pri- mid low price. It's not kind low, of a mid low. price. Uh, yeah, what's the uh, twenty what bucks, price usually. on this one? No, yellow. Uh, the, the one Yellowstone. we picked up the Fraser. That was eighty. Sixty-seven. Let's see, eighty. They're around yeah, seventy-nine. So, yeah. Depends on where you find it. If it's on sale, I'm going to say sixty-seven to eighty dollars. That, and that's yeah. what this one was. Yeah. Right. Whereas yeah okay. the white label you're getting for like thirty bucks. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's usually about thirty-eight at Kroger. Right. Uh, right. the, the Yellowstone White Label. And to be honest, and it's, it's hard good. to find sometimes. Yeah. Because it's so popular. They only, yeah, they usually only have like one row, three, maybe three bottles, four bottles. Yeah. So, and uh, they do have another one out, the Malted line. Right. The one, yes, they like talked about Scotch that. That was line. interesting. Earthy, which yeah. I've got a bottle up there. I think that's the uh, greenish blue top. Well, we might have to oh, the gold, which uh, one of the other. They both got whitish one, yeah, labels. That's, uh, yeah. That was an interesting flavor uh, at the uh, at, at the Fraser. Yes. Um, the beers I didn't care for as much. At least not that first one. That was very. First one I could care for. Water. All. It had a minty, lemony taste to yeah. it. It's very thin. The only thing about so that was unique like was the products came from Boomheim's. Botanical. There we go. Thank you. Botanical herb gardens over there. Okay. Was lent to put that mm-hmm. beer yeah. for the land. Burnham Forest is literally across the road in Claremont, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, from the, the Beam Distillery. Yes. Right. The big uh, Beam Distillery. There's yeah. several. The second beer was a Yellowstone beer where they took oak staves. And yes, that's what it was. When the beer took and 
of making it. No, I didn't and know. that was very good. I yeah, liked well, that I quite a bit. I don't think I realized they did the beer thing over there. Cause I well, that's a new out. thing. No, this yeah. is another company. This is out in Mount Washington, which we need to go to, apparently, because they have a big restaurant. I mean, you can get all kinds of football yes. and so forth. And they have, what, they say 200 different beers there or something? Something like that, that, yeah. Outrageous number, craft beers. Well, hey, is oh, that Ellen Fox? In Mount that's it. Gallant Fox, Fox. yeah. Yes, Gallant yes. Fox. Oh, yeah, that's down the street from, uh, from me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's not far at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need to go that's out right. there for dinner. Oh, I would love to go to Gallant Fox. We need, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Road trip. Yeah, road right. trip, yes. What did you pour, Cajun? Uh, I went with an old one. I don't think I'd ever drink out of the bottle. It's usually Robert's bottle that he goes to, the Woodfoot Reserve Double Oak. Oh, ah, yes. yes. That's right. Robert's favorite. So, oh, yes, uh, I would like to hear. I decided to try that a little bit today, and it, it's always a good product to go to. It's a good standard. It's got a nice earthy taste to it, and I would almost uh, dub it as, of all things, this being September, and the weather's already cooling off into the upper 40s here in the Promised Land, as a fall I can see Interesting, that. yes. There's a, there's a depth to that, that, to that double oak. That, that heavy oak, I almost get like an apple cider taste. Interesting. Okay, that's apple we've never brought that up. Yeah. Is it, is it like pumpkin almost. spice bourbon? Oh, shoot. <laughs> shoot him. Shoot All right, him. You're, 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 you are dismissed. Hand me the weapon over there, Marcus. Yes. Uh, you are dismissed. Now, as a matter of fact, my last... Oh, no, you want the... Absolutely, that's right. My my last drink of bourbon happened to be August 31st of 2014, and that was a double shot of Woodford. There you go. Regular Woodford? Uh, select. Uh, one of their, their single batch thing, whatever. I don't remember. It was one of the higher end Woodfords. Uh, they, they usually do have uh, it, Woodford, that does, one, Woodford has a great product line. We really now, do. I'll, I'll grant yeah. you that one was a little bit more expensive for me than it is for most people, well. because it cost me a week in the hospital, outpatient surgery, and forty thousand dollars in medical bills. I was going to say but, that kind of puts that right at the top of the most expensive uh, bourbon ever drank. Yeah, I, I, if I would have known that before I ordered, I would have gotten something better. You would have had some Sprite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I thought the 18-year-old Knob Creek I tried when I was down at the Jim Beam restaurant down there was expensive. Right, yeah, no, that doesn't even approach that. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, you know, Francis said that the uh, the Woodford Double Oaked is my favorite. You know, with all the the uh, tasting that we have been yep. doing. Expansion of palate, yes. Um, I, I don't know that I would call that my absolute favorite oh, really? anymore. Really? You have adjusted, sir. Well, Maybe. I still love it. He's I'm grown. Nothing wrong with that. You can have lots of favorites. But you know that Weller's we had when we were here. Yes. Uh, that's it's antique. Yeah, antique that that was really phenomenal. Antique 107 is tremendous. Yes. Uh, I, I now I, yeah, I'd, I'd have to do some some side by side to really, but you know that one was really great. Well, we've got it we're going to do a little of that in an, in an upcoming episode. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, but you know. Uh, I've never gone to buy a bottle of that, so I don't know how much that costs. What, what did the Antique 107 cost? The Antique 107, depending on where you find it, it's going to run anywhere from $150 to $200 a bottle right now. Yeah, so I you know see. a store over in Boylestown that has it on the shelf, right? Well, now that That's the bourbon festival is going on right It's now, probably a little higher priced. It may be, the shelf could be empty by easy means. Yeah, because yeah. that's where we're at this weekend. We're And, you know, investing. honestly, I'm probably not going to be buying a $150 bottle we're of bourbon anytime soon. We're in the of a couple soon. of bourbon festivals. Well, we are, that's correct. Well, yeah. we are in the oldest of the... the yeah. Yes, bourbon fest, the real yes. bourbon, the real bourbon, bourbon fest, yes. yes, as so opposed to the bourbon Barstow. music festival. Yes, yes. bourbon and beyond bourbon is what you're referring yes. to. Those 
punks up in Louisville are trying to take the spotlight away from the Holy Land. And they're doing a successful job in many ways. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. They've got some tremendous acts. But both things are going to be full. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there will be people going from one to the other, depending on what they want to see. Yes, that is true. Just cruising through this morning on the way here to the Holy Land, I mean, it was already people on the sidewalks, parking lot, or parking spaces full on 3rd Street, everything. Oh yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We'll be, we'll be. The, the weather's yeah. beautiful, so we'll probably hey, do. We'll a, have that hike in the day to get. We'll, to we'll get that hike in there. Yeah, we've talked mm-hmm. about hiking misadventures before. It's not uphill. That's correct. No. In the snow, both ways. Well, Sorry. if you're down below St. Joe Prep School, yeah, it would be uphill. Well, that's true. If we if we end up down there, you know. <laughs> well, we may have to drop Martin off. So <laughs> I've got I've got four wheel drive and a handicap permit. We're parking wherever the hell we want. Oh <laughs> wow, that's just right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. the Imperator is driving. That's right. So, uh, the Empire, Hail the Empire. That's right. So, I just want to mention real quick that we've designated driver by default. <laughs> well, that's true. By no yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah. By no choice of his own. Yeah. So, we have quoted Alfred Lord Tennyson. Yes. Bill Murray. So yeah. far in this episode. Yeah. And I'm going to throw in John Milius slash Clint Eastwood. Okay. Well, yeah. You, you had me at Clint Eastwood. Go right yeah. ahead. So this this quote reminds me of. The line from the second uh, Dirty Harry film, Magnum Force, I believe I believe written by Milius. I think so, yeah. Um, a man's got to know his limitations. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yes. you know, that, that deliberation, that idea of we say yes too quickly and no too slowly. We don't deliberate. We don't think about consequences. Ooh, I like that. That no deliberation. Deliberation deliberation. is, in many respects, the mark of civilization. That uh, that uh, ability to converse, uh, to to uh, weigh uh, to weigh alternatives, alternatives to to weigh weigh consequences. You mean to be discriminating? Absolutely. Yes. How how about this? To quote the great philosopher Qui Gon Jinn. Yes. The ability to speak does not make one intelligent. That's correct. Well, but yeah, we've talked about that. Yes, that's you're exactly mm-hmm. right. Well, and you know, like I said, this well, earlier, this is really a follow-on to what we talked about uh, in a prior. It might have been the Code of Honor. I don't remember uh, about that. That choosing to respond or just react. Yeah. Uh, the la- reason and, and not. That's part of the uh, eternal questions yeah. business. It, it really is. Yeah. It, it, no. It's. So this this also reminded me of when you're talking about again that we don't say no and it's emotional um, and marketers play on that um, politicians play on yeah, that. yeah. and both both aspects are inherently yeah. predatory yes and yet we and tolerate them but but there's a there's you know there's reasonings behind it that aren't I mean, you, if you make a product, you got to sell it. Well, I understand. Predatory is not necessarily completely sinister. I don't want to right, put right. that in there. there There's well, an element of it. There's an element of it. It reminds There's... me of a, a, a TED Talk. Um, Simon Sinek, I think. Yes, name. Simon Sinek. Yes, great. Love his stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, his thing, the power of why. Power of why, yes. Power of why. And, it's very, and his example, of course, yeah. is, you know, is very Apple, is, you know, or a product that, when the, the way they advertise it is you need this because it makes you cool, not for the things that it does. They don't explain the what a device does. They just advertise it as this will make you cool. 
Well, you know, this, this is the this why. Was the marketing of cigarettes in the U.S. for well, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all exactly what years. that was. It'll, it'll yeah, but it's it, all successful marketing when exactly. you think about it. You yeah. market and you sell based on benefits, perceived benefits, right. yeah. not features. Not yeah, whether or not they're actual benefits means nothing. Right. Sometimes they go that way. Depends on what you're talking about. But there's a reason but they write that. Yeah. It's because that is the part of your brain that triggers first. Right. The it, emotional it's the do, And it's the dopamine response. It's yeah, the reptilian the emotional brain. Well, it's an instinct. An we we are living on a planet where roughly 3.5 billion people are of below average intelligence. This is very it's true. Very, this is very that's true. Very yes, true. That's absolutely. A I, mean, I mean, statistically, yes, that's 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 <laughs> true. That's right. You know, yes, which, which yes, technically, that statement <laughs> itself is a form of marketing. Yeah, you, know, you, you, are, you are making a statement that is inherently in true, but it has a implication oh, yes. that is inescapable that that paints a picture that yeah, you wish painted. There are lies, damn lies, and, and statistics. statistics. That's right. And, well, and you know that whole. Uh, statement. We should do that one one time. We've never done that one. Yes. <laughs> Israeli, yeah. That, well, that whole statement, though, about you know, 50% of the people are of below average intelligence, uh, it's a very. It, well, uh, not it's an quite, interesting. But yeah. Uh, well. 49.999. Nah, I think you could do 50. You could do 50. Because, yeah. you know. It, well, there has to be an average, then, you know, like you're wherever right. the. Well, which however, average? Bi- yeah. There's however, the mean average, there's the median yeah, average. Exactly. I mean, you can pick that. How big is the peak oh. of the bell curve? Right. But it, yeah, it which, also. Which way do you go one side? Yeah. A statement like that presumes one thing, first of yeah. all, that the person saying it is in the upper 50%. That's part of the propaganda. Not the lower 50%. That is absolutely yeah. right. You know, because only yeah. those in the upper portion would recognize that there is a lower portion. Well, and what standardized testing most, judges that? Ironically, most of the people stating that they're in the above average are, in fact, below. Standardized uh, testing. Um, Welcome to politicians. Well, you know, that, that is a, that is a comforting well. statement because the, it doesn't require a single shred of proof. No, it does not. But, uh, right. but, you're, well, but, it is, it, it, but realistically, I, though, how many people actually go around stating they it are? It has truthiness about it. Besides somebody in this room. Tennyson, Dan I, Rather, John Millius. Hold, hold up. I am a Mensa member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, this is true. Absolutely, that's why you're the imperator, sir. That's right. That's why you don't, uh, don't feed his ego. <laughs> Jeez, my, you've known him ego. how long, and uh, you, yeah, you should, I, know, I should know better. Please don't. I just, feed it. I just don't love the way Robert said that too. Yeah, that yeah. Just don't feed his ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I speak from long years of experience. Yes, yes. indeed. It is. Uh, what else we got on this? It folks? doesn't take a lot. To well, I think we need to like true. Agent uh, kind of wind it up. I mean, he is the mm-hmm. captain. Oh well, yeah, yeah, we're probably hitting about decision. time for this, aren't we? Should be right uh, we're we're only at fifty minutes. We could theoretically oh, go a little longer. Yeah, I, I, I was, but I, I wanted to make sure Agent had plenty of time. Yes, because you know, yeah, we, this is one of the things that that you guys uh, need to get better at. The three of us have a well-defined dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels like sometimes you guys are just reluctant to to join in. And, and I, I, I don't oh, want you guys no, to feel that way. It's not reluctant. We're just choicier about when we choose to put our words of wisdom out, I'd like to say. We're, so you're saying we're loudmouth MFers? No, we're uh, well, I'm looking at Francis at the moment. We, thought, yeah. uh, we say I, yes too fast, and they say exactly. no with more honoring, deliberation. Yeah. There, you go. there you the go. the spirit of the quote. Well, exactly. you know, there is something to be exactly. said that thou shalt not allow any dead air on the podcast. Yeah, we've uh, got that's true. But overall, but we like can I cut say, the dead air out. Yeah, I, I yeah, come right. across this quote, and it's like Josh Billings. Who in the hell is that? 
Never heard the name before. I know. It so struck me. As intellectual fellows, none of us knew who this guy was. And right. That's, that's to our detriment. He's Where a, did you find this quote? Uh, it was on an inspirational feed on Facebook. That okay. Different okay. quotes Penthouse and so forum. forth. Huh? Possibly. Penthouse forum. Uh, no, that's a few other wise. I think they would. Yeah, I think they would take that quote the opposite. <laughs> they don't like, say no. Uh, off two birds in the rear is better than one in the hand. Stuff, you know. Yeah, that was a couple. Of, <laughs> yeah, that was a couple of tabs over on the browser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so that caught my fascination, and I started reading. That's brilliant. The quote struck me and kind of grabbed me. So it's like I never heard of this person, so I started looking and reading more of his quotes, and it's like this fellow's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I really Simple, loved about good, this is because with it, yeah. and come to find out, same time as Mark Twain. Yeah, uh, they actually was together talking to. I could see those two sitting around drinking bourbon, smoking cigars, mm-hmm. and bitching about the hecklers and stuff out there. Oh my God, trying you, to do talks and so forth. You know, back you, in that day and age. Can you imagine the epic bullshitting session that must have oh, been? Oh, yeah. they needed a shovel and a wheelbarrow just to clear the space around. Well, and get you know, away that, from the that table. kind of goes back to one of the things, one of my favorite episodes that we did, uh, which was regard who would you invite to dinner if you could? Oh yes, yeah, and we did that on the on the uh, uh, mm-hmm. on the website uh, as well as uh, on the episode that Twain is somebody we didn't. We none of us picked, but we probably should have all picked. Because can you imagine sitting around oh. bullshitting with cigars and bourbon with mm-hmm. Mark Twain? And oh, I like to pull both of them in. Well, absolutely, Billy's and Twain. He was I mean, a cat man. Awesome to me. Yeah. Well, everybody has their faults. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we hit a good wide array. I wanted this to really spread out, which we hit the micro. The macro, the interfamily dynamics, politics came in. There isn't a space that this quote can apply to in some form or that's, another. That's yeah. very true. I would like to offer uh, is my role as the hammer. That's what I was just uh, going to say. Anybody else got any other comments and um, for you to come on in with it? One thing that strikes me about that, I mean, it's hard to sum up just one quote. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. really to tie together. But what does strike me uh, about this quote is it's um, – there's a lot of depth there, oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. as well as breadth, mm-hmm. uh, but it's yet it, it is so simple, and it really speaks to much of what we talk about on the show. It really speaks to the human condition itself. That the eternal uh, question mm-hmm. part. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's uh, uh, something like this. Really, it, it, it's very obvious in how it touches on it because it, it really. Well, maybe not obvious. Maybe for us, it's obvious because we're. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think about this stuff more deeply than most. Did you happen to catch his quote about angels? Pardon? Did you happen to catch his Billings quote about angels? No, I didn't see that one. Man was created just below angels, and he's been going lower ever since. Ah, I've heard that. Like that one. I've heard of that one, yes. I mean, uh, not necessarily from him, but I've heard people say something similar. That was his. Quoting Billings and didn't know it, yeah. But, you know, it really speaks to the human condition in the sense that we, we all have a choice to make all the time. And for all the choices that we make, whether it's to reach for the glass of bourbon, mm-hmm. uh, to offer to get somebody something else, uh, how we're going to treat our waiter or waitress, excuse me, server. We don't use waiter and waitress anymore. I don't know. Uh, this, is server appropriate anymore? Uh, apparently it still is. Okay. It still is. Food delivery system? Yeah, yeah. food delivery. Uh, well, can we even Hosp- say person because it has sun in it? Have have robots to do it too now. Yeah, yeah. food uh, delivery technician. Technician, that would probably be a good way to put it. But it speaks to that human condition in that it, it really, it almost touches on not just what makes it makes us human, but what makes us uh, truly intelligent, you know, Qui-Gon yeah. genocide, mm-hmm. uh, because 
intelligence is not just the ability to speak or to, to participate in society. It is, uh, at the very minimum, it's not just the ability to reason, but to reason in the greater context of your, not just yourself, but your community and the effect and the impact mm-hmm. that you have on others. Yeah. And that, to me, that's what this really speaks to, is that, that uh, and you know me, I, I like to hit that relationship thing and, that, of course, that inherent dignity. And I don't think it, it's necessarily about that, but it's, it's, it's about being, who used the word earlier, deliberate? It was Martin, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. yeah started out there, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is about being deliberate in how you go about your life. Or at least whether or not you are deliberate, mm-hmm. intentional. How you? Yes, intentional is the word today. That's right. Well, that's very. Yes, that's that's the, very thorough. Are you being swept yeah. along? Or are you still in the ship? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Your uh, ship. Grabbing right. the marrow yeah. of life and sucking it forth. That's Henry David Thoreau, and that's it's well, what he's talking Jesus. about. Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you can make the argument that the the saying the yes all the time is the sucking the marrow uh, because it's domination. That's there. That would fall under that. Yeah. I, it's not even necessarily it's domination. Being, it's, it's 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 selfishness versus selflessness. Some of that is related to dominance. I wonder. Sometimes, yes. Uh, yes. That might be going further than oh. I'd be willing to go with it. Because I mean, to me, this is still just primarily about your decision making process. Yeah. Are 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 you someone who just snaps at the first shiny piece of bait, or are you? Yeah. Or are you a deliberate person that thinks through? what you want to do and making sure you're making the best decision with the information you have available to you. Even quickly. In fact, uh, mm-hmm. the, it, yes. to do it quickly you, you can, would, be, I, would be very... Yeah, you can decide no quickly. Right. I, I think well, you guys can refine that even further to making the decision even if you don't want to make that particular decision. Yeah, because yeah the hard decision, to, ultimately, that's a no to yourself, leadership. basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some, some hard decisions are a yes... And that's true too. Some some hard decisions are a no, and you, as Francis pointed out, you can make a quick decision that is still deliberate because sometimes the the best and right decision is your first gut instinct. Right, and not uh, always. That would that would speak to a level of someone who is understanding of the world around them, the situation that they have. High self-awareness high as self- well as, as, as high awareness of the rest of the world. Right. Yes. And it's high EQ is what you're talking yes. about here. And probably some high IQ along the way. But in many respects, IQ doesn't really matter in this I, I don't think it does. No, it, yeah, I think you're it's, right. It's um, EQ that matters. But, yeah. Because cause you can have people that, are, that have very low uh, measured intelligence. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. I use the air quotes here. Uh, that are still very smart people. Very much so, and in fact, they might even be the more compassionate and yes. uh, and empathetic people, mm-hmm. and that's to me that's where it's at, and uh, and uh, the all the business world uh, agrees with that now. It's finally in the last you know, well, they give years, lip service to it. Well, yeah, that's correct. They they recognize. I mean, and I get a lot of this in my in my Google feed all the time because I, it's an interest of mine. Uh, it, it it is always EQ, and every business leader. Richard Branson is the most latest, and you know he's somebody that we do admire because he's taken basically the man didn't even graduate from high school, and he has built a billion dollar empire based on the fact that he knows how to manage, he knows how to lead. Well, and, uh, another Billings quote to back up what you just said: "Genius, after all, ain't anything more than elegant common sense." That's right. Mm-hmm. And yes, I saw that too. Branson yeah. is good. definitely mm-hmm. uh, one of those guys that can do that. Elegant that well. common mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's, that's a great yeah. one. We have to hang on to that elegant common sense. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, right. Josh Billings. 
That that was excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you found him. He he is a worthy addition to our uh, pantheon of great thinkers. Anybody that stole a clapper out of a bell in school fits right in because absolutely I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's the imperator to a T here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some truth to that. Yeah. That one's so he's well, you know, be- my uh, our good friend in in uh, the northern climbs and I, we we did have that night where we ran around Ann Arbor uh, borrowing the uh, the blinky barriers. Uh, which was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did that once, too, after hearing your story years did ago. You? And set it up in a friend's yard right next to the driveway in the ditch. Nice. But nice. You it stayed the- there for months blinking. <laughs> yeah, those things will last for a long they time. They do last. You didn't cut the heads off any parking meters, though, right? No, we did not. Okay. All right. No. So where does that leave us, man? Is it time to say what's next, Francis? I think it might be. Check us on out, Francis. Yeah. Next time we're going to go back and kind of, we've kind of discovered this is Cajun's influence here. We did the Manifest Destiny episode here a few, a little bit back. We're going to play that forward a little bit and get a little bit more nuanced with this. We're going to talk about the gold rushes. This is something we really kind of just came up with, and that is a motivating factor in multiple times throughout history, uh, the California being most probably the most notable, that changed the world. It changed our national uh, character and appearance and everything. And we're going to go deep with all those moments and how Mm -hmm. they formed the world that we know today. There's our eternal questions again, folks. So make sure you're here next time. We hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes drop every second and fourth Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern, just in time for your morning commute. And every fifth Friday, we drop a special Hoopajube episode. Spread the word. We are on all the major platforms. And leave us a review. That helps others find us. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. Join us next time. Same snake time, same otter channel. <laughs>